You're watching Global Trade This Week with Pete Mento and Doug Draper. Global Trade This Week, Casa Bonita Special, Episode 113. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Global Trade This Week. Unlike editions of the past, though, we're live. And we told you we'd do this from Casa Bonita, and we weren't kidding. Here we are, Casa Bonita adjacent. Yes. And we want to thank the wonderful people at Westfax Brewery for letting us do it here. God bless them. The beer is absolutely fantastic. If you have a chance and you make it to Denver, you got to come. Um, I'm not going to tell you how many of these I've already had because I think technically I am still at work, um, but... I'm, I'm not going to disclose just how many. Later on in the show today, we are going to prove once and for all, damn it, that Keenan and Doug are not the same person. There's no way that Keenan and I are the same person because physics. Um, and I, I just want to mention a couple of things right off the bat. Doug brought notes. Yes. Because much like Ron Jeremy, whatever you put on paper, he's going to say it. <laughs> um. I also have to mention Keenan's shoes. He stole them from a garden gnome. Uh, I think they're like a women's size 17. And he's telling us that they ground him to the earth. It's just too much for me, honestly. So we're at altitude. I'm, I'm getting about 40% of the um, oxygen that I need to survive. I could pass out at any moment. If I do, Doug has been told all of my topics. He'll be picking it up from there. Doug, how are you, pal? I'm good. Pete, I'm good. The interesting thing about this live show is that we are sharing a microphone, so the uh, off-kilter banter may not be quite as robust as uh, as previous oh, episodes. It's be robust. <laughs> and I'm certainly I'm not holding the mic to your face. So we'll have to grab it. We'll see about that. But yes, yes, yes. So who's who's? Let's let this thing rip. Who's going first? You're going first. Though. All right. Well, the one thing I heard about. So topic number one is uh, natural and green energy may not be as green as we think, Pete, because there is more coal being consumed and harvested and exported in different countries than ever before. So the thing with this one, guys, is that um, the world is like interconnected and the atmosphere, it touches all of us. And so even though um, America in particular is driving um, natural and uh, green energy, the rest of the world is not so much. So there's some statistics out there that we've talked about, but uh, consumption is global. It's going up, consumption's up. And here in the U.S., people got to make money. And uh, the consumption of coal has gone down in the U.S., and so the exports have gone up. So it's not like it's just being repositioned, right? Which, when you talk about global warming, which is the uh, the first word that's always brought into uh, peace, uh, Pete, is uh, it is a global perspective. And just because the coal is not being consumed in the U.S. doesn't mean the problem is over. So uh, keep track of that. Keep notice that um, coal is on the rise and uh, it's being consumed everywhere. And that's problematic for the global trade and the global economy and uh, the global environment. Any take on that one, Pete? Uh, a lot of takes on it. So first of all, Coal is good for politics, and we can't discount that, particularly when you have um, conservatives running for president and a lot of very powerful people in coal states. So that's my first big take on it. Second of all, you have China, who has been absolutely positively ramping up 
coal consumption and importing it from any place that they can find it. Um, building coal production in the US and around the world and importing as much as they can. Um, I just gotta mention, so the music here that you're hearing in the background, there wasn't a whole lot we could do about it, but man, could they have picked a better song for me, Jimmy Buffett. Have I ever told you about when I got to hang out with Jimmy Buffett and why? Um, no, Pete, you have not, but I have a feeling right now we're gonna hear about it. Oh, yeah. So I'm passing yeah. the mic back. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so a really good friend of mine, Christopher Yankee, was the music director on the Buffett musical, which was the meanest thing that ever happened to me because Chris, life just works out for him. And Buffett's one of my favorite artists because I'm a sailor. So of course this guy who never even knew any of Jimmy's music gets the job. And I end up telling him all about Buffett's music. He learns everything about it. And he calls me one day and he's like, can you make it down to Key West because Jimmy's gonna play this tiny show. And there was like 30 people in this little bar. I ended up going. I ended up hanging out with Jimmy and hanging out in this little tiny bar in Almorada. And he plays for a couple hours and I get to hang out with Jimmy Buffett. Me. And I have tons of videos of it. And uh, he's like taking requests. He's like, hey, Pete, what do you want to hear? Not, hey, crowd, what do you want to hear? Hey, Pete, what do you want to hear? And I'm asking for all these like really esoteric songs. And Jimmy's just like, hey, like go ahead and, and play it. So it was possibly one of the best nights of my entire life. But over the course of the next couple of years, I end up meeting him a whole bunch of times. It never got old. Like it never got old. And they tell you, don't meet your heroes. No, definitely. If Jimmy Buffett's, if Buffett's one of your heroes, meet me, Jimmy Buffett. It was positively incredible. So um, anyway, back on the coal thing. Uh, it goes back to the whole EV thing. And as we all know, here we are in Colorado. So this is going to sting. Doug hates EVs. Um, you've got that problem that you run into with EV use is where does the electricity come to run the EVs? Um, probably coal plants. Yeah, uh, coal plants and a lot of unrenewable energy. And this is still part of the shame that comes from EV use. Yeah. Yeah, that's spot on. I mean, it makes a good cover story, but the reality is if you look behind the curtain, uh, there's still a lot of it being generated. Um, and the one thing that when I looked at my notes, just like Ron Jeremy did in the uh, in, in uh, Anchorman, because that's incredibly important, and I'm not going to make any inappropriate comments like Ron Jeremy, but uh, <laughs> as I'm getting the thumbs up from the backstage crew, 75% of all the coal being consumed is in India, China, and, uh, and Southeast Asia. And all of those coal plants are less than 20 years old. And they have a life expectancy of around 40. So they're consuming and gobbling. And um, those are brand new facilities that are cranking it out. So interesting topic for sure. Pete, tossing it back to you. What's your number one? You're my number one, Doug. Uh, I, uh, we have to do more of these, Keenan. We absolutely. <laughs> right. So my, my first topic this week um, <laughs> if we could have just gotten a Christmas song for this. Uh, so, uh, okay. So the um, holiday season is quickly approaching. Anybody who works in forwarding has been talking a lot about the lack of the massive ramp up that we always get ready for this time of year between the uh, back to school ramp up and then the ensuing holiday ramp up and the expectations that we all have of our customers just beating the phones looking for space was not happening did not happen and it was pretty ugly 
Um, we have this double whammy right now of inflation and consumers who have really started to tighten the purse strings. This year's holiday uh, increase, about 1.3 trillion is what we're expecting to see, and about a five to 5.3%-ish um, increase in holiday spending. Which, hey, you know what? It's an increase. Well, it's not a good increase. So um, holiday spending this year is probably going to be a bit of a wah, 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 you know, ho-hum increase. And uh, what's really got people worried in retail is that when that, that those numbers come in, what we're probably going to see is American consumers at the holiday period waiting for that big sale to come. But holiday consumers are going to be inundated with retailers saying, no, 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 this is the big sale. Don't wait, because this is the big sale. No, seriously, come in now, because this is the big sale. And we're all going to say, I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't believe you. I'm going I'm to wait till like the week before Christmas, and then I'll spend my money, because inflation is just whipping my ass. I'm going to wait for the big sale. No, no, this is the big sale. Seriously, come in now. And I'm, I'm thinking it might actually be worse than that 5%, pal. Yeah. And that would be absolutely disastrous for those retailers. Yeah. I don't know, Doug. What do you think? Yeah. Well, I think it's going to be one of those Christmases that everybody in the holiday season, excuse me, that is going to be easily forgotten, right? It's going to be like, uh, how was mom's meatloaf? Eh, it was okay, right? How was uh, holiday season 2023? I guess it was okay, because you're right. There is no imports coming in. There is no peak season. Uh, retailers are trying to burn through existing inventory, and like you said, it's going to dribble out. And I love your your uh, comments about no, this is the really good sale, and then you wait a little bit longer. So, I think that you know what, little Johnny under the Christmas tree is going to get a, uh, a you know a toy that's one year old, and he's going to be like, ah. All right. And in three months, it's going to be broken and nobody really care about it. So I think this is going to be kind of a, a Christmas and a holiday season. And everybody will uh, will soon forget based on those reasons. And that's a terrifying notion for uh, the American economy. Uh, it's, it's not it's not good for the U.S. economy and it's really bad for our industry. This is a time of year that we we tend to really wait on with that cyber five, um, the freight forwarders and also small package as well. And e-commerce, man. E-commerce is desperate for one last good uh, pump at the end of the year. Now, will 2024 bring something better? Will 2024 be the year this all starts to roll back? It might not. Uh, <laughs> inflation might finally be um, starting to bring all the chickens back home to roost. And honestly, man, I'm, I'm sincerely worried. I'm sincerely worried, and I think that uh, all the doom and gloom that I've been expecting for that balloon to burst and telling you that Q4 2024, it, this is, um, everything's starting to really point to a pretty uh, a gloomy January, February, and March. And uh, again, we don't give investment advice on this show. I would never, I would never go that far, but I'm beginning to really, uh, really get nervous for that first quarter of 2024, buddy. Well, Pete, I think they just cranked the music up because um, I pretty much had just been listening to the song. <laughs> it got really loud really quick. So anyway, we are rolling into halftime here, and it's brought to us by Cap Logistics. If you guys could see behind the camera the setup that they have, we are literally on a patio with Casa Bonita behind us. 
and uh, they're making it all happen. And, you know, uh, it's all about Mr. Brightside. So those of you that know, if you know, you know, that's the song that's cranking in the background. So Cap Logistics, thank you so much for putting all together. We're having a heck of a good time. So um, I know Pete's passionate about this one. So I did not bring a halftime topic because Pete is so giddy like a little schoolgirl about what he did last night and the upcoming season that is called the uh, National Football League. So I'm going to make some commentary, but I'm going to kick the mic over to Pete. He's just sitting here kicking me under the table so we can get started. So stand by, Pete. Give us your lowdown. Uh, so again, we want to thank uh, West Fax Brewery here in Colorado, and especially um, their DJ, DJ Screw Your Show, uh, DJ, DJ F Your Podcast for the music really fantastic um so i flew into denver a little early yesterday because i could not miss the draft for my fantasy leagues and uh i love fantasy football as we know old ebenezer scrooge here grandpa fussy britches does not care about fantasy football he's he's outgrown that and as you can see he he came dressed for today like he always does Mr. No Fun, right? But um, we're not talking about fantasy today. The NFL season is upon us, and I wanted to make my predictions. So here are my predictions. My first prediction is, um, you may not know this, but um, YouTube television is going to be doing the Sunday ticket this year. So here's my first prediction. It's going to be a disaster. <laughs> my first prediction is that the number of people calling um, YouTube television to deal with the fact that it is going to be an absolute train wreck. An abomination is going to be incredible week one. Um, number two, the over under on the number of NFL players who are arrested for a felony um, before, <laughs> before the playoffs. I'm going to set that at six. Okay. So I'm going to go with the over on that. Yep. So six with the over. Um, quarterbacks that are not playing um, by the uh, starting quarterbacks that are not playing by the um, by the playoffs two okay uh, more than that more than that more okay than that. next I'm making the prediction right now Tom Brady is not coming back <laughs> this year I've seen him he looks super happy to not be playing football yeah all right um, and then my last prediction it's a pretty big one. Jacksonville Jaguars make the Super Bowl. Wow. What do you got, Doug? Uh, well, a lot of stuff to digest there, my friend. First of all, uh, the uh, over-under on broken quarterbacks by the playoffs is going to be closer to four or five. You're going to see a lot of backups that roll in, and some of them are going to crush it. Who was the guy from San Francisco last year? Purdy? Purdy. Yeah, he made a name for himself for sure. But there's going to be a couple of busts, and there's going to be a couple of uh, amazing uh, opportunities out there. The run-and-gun style, and you got some beasts out there that can handle a hit, like Tua. Yeah. Guy got knocked out two weeks in a row, right, last year. And that's just the style of the NFL, you know. How Mahomes gets away with it and gets through it 
is a credit to him as an athlete for sure. But I think that there's going to be the run and gun quarterbacks of this year are going to get destroyed and you're going to see uh, a handful. So I'm going to say four. I got maybe a little aggressive. There's going to be four starting QB, uh, QBs that are going to get it replaced midseason or later that uh, are going to have some pretty good backups. So that's my only two cents on it. I'm not in a fantasy league. I make fun of people in fantasy leagues. No. Uh, <laughs> I, I wouldn't put fantasy leagues in the drone category, but um, it's in the same sphere of influence. And what is it? What what is it? Is it the Killers that does Mr. Brightsides? Yes. Okay, that's what I thought. That was the band and the song that was just cranking for the last five minutes <laughs> that I had trouble uh, focusing. So, Pete, I'm giving it back to you for a retort. So, for those of you who aren't aware, Doug's idea of a really fun night on a weekend is making sure he gets back from the um, early bird dinner special at Denny's about four thirty five o'clock to watch some Matlock in his slippers with a shawl on and um, drinking some warm milk and getting to bed before seven. Um, you know, making sure that he reads the Saturday morning, uh, Saturday evening post. Is that what it is? Maybe doing some Sudoku. And, um, you know, if he's lucky, maybe if he's lucky, um, he has a dream of Truman being president again. That's, that's about where he's at. I think, um, you know, that's, that's his idea of, of hope. Right, yeah, yeah. All right, so my comment on this, Pete, is just going to validate your statement. So yesterday, uh, we uh, had, had a Sunday dinner around 3.30 in the afternoon, right? We didn't have lunch. We didn't have much for breakfast, so we just fired up some burgers and decided to make it happen. But it was a weekend, so it's legit. And uh, we watched a shoot 'em up movie last night, so we're good. But uh, your comments are not too far off base, my friend. All right. What's your, what's your next topic? All right. So, <laughs> so next topic, yeah, we talked about being the year of the labor, right? And and uh, negotiating. Uh, so we had UPS come through with a potential strike and some pretty. Um, flamboyant uh, leadership there that came out from uh, from Boston, Massachusetts to make some pretty memorable comments. So uh, UPS got through it. Uh, and then the next go around was Yellow Freight. They kind of didn't make it through. That's a whole nother show and a whole nother conversation about the fallout. But it uh, it's been quite interesting that um, other than the day or two after they filed for bankruptcy, you haven't heard a whole lot about the uh, the organization or the company, which means things just got absorbed into uh, into the marketplace. But the next one that's coming around is the United Auto Workers, right? They got to get their feel in it here for the uh, the end of 2023. So I have some notes. This is why it's important, Pete, to take down notes because I'm going to read some statistics, and then I think I'm going to move to Detroit and join the union. So the first one is they want a 46% wage increase, right? Can you see that on my notes here? Wow. They want to restore traditional pension. Now, I'm not sure what that means. I'm sure there's a lot of rigmarole in there, but they want to restore traditional pensions. Uh, they want an ongoing cost of living increase. So give me 46% out of the gate and then make sure you take care of me year over year. And we know the cost of living has really uh, been quite uh, quite astronomical. My, my wife, who's a teacher, got a cost of living increase that was pretty, pretty impressive for this year. Again, union negotiated. Um, this one blew my mind, and I, I tried to double-check it before we came here, Pete, so we may need to validate this, but they want to reduce the number of hours they work from 40 down to 32. So give me a 46% rating, or not a rate increase, give me a 46% wage increase 
And oh, by the way, I just want to work 32 hours. Well, that kind of makes sense if you want to have the same income uh, to bump up the wages. And then uh, obviously uh, uh, improving retiree benefits. So some of those are nebulous, but it just, uh, my whole point in this one, Pete, is it just goes that uh, the big unions are back at the table this year for, for uh, negotiations. We saw it at UPS. We had saw it attempted at Yellow. And now it's the United Auto Workers uh, attempt at it. So we'll see how that goes. They've already voted to approve a strike if need be. So the leveraging starts, my friend. What's your take on that? Well, if you have the leverage, do it. Um, and given the last couple of years with the way that these uh, car prices have gone up and the inability of the automotive companies to actually produce the vehicles, they might be in a position to get away with it. But if you want to reduce the hours that you're actually producing, uh, maybe that's the tactic. Maybe that's the tactic. Or maybe you say you're going to do eight hours less work to get eight hours more vacation. Uh, I don't know. That's the first negotiation uh, move, right? You say you... Um, Ask for the outrageous to hope for the, um, you know, hope for the, the possible. Yeah. But my gosh, this is almost French in its request, right? This is almost, this is, this is almost European. We're in the middle of, at the end of, uh, the middle of August, right? End of August right now? End of August. And in our business, you're, when you go over to Europe and you ask someone to help you out, uh, I can't tell you how many times I get an email back saying, I'll be gone until September the 3rd. And this, these, these negotiations feel almost European in their, their request. I'm jealous. Yeah. Uh, but given the way things have been going in these negotiations, they might get some of this stuff, buddy. Yeah. So I have a feeling we're going to come back in a month or two and hear that they've actually pulled some of this stuff off. Yeah. 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 All right. So the most important thing that you just said, Pete, was the word, oh, my gosh. I don't think I've ever heard you use that phrase before. Usually, usually it's F this and F that. But uh, it is impactful for sure. Yeah. yeah. I love it. No, I, I'm, I'm, I'm actually thinking they might pull some of this stuff off, man. Given given the way that negotiations have gone with unions these past couple of years, the political climate where young people particularly are leaning more left, they're leaning more pro-union, pro-labor, and younger people coming out of COVID in particular and seeing the way things went, yeah. they've got a shot at this, Doug. Yeah. They really do. All right. Um, so should I go to my last one? All right. So... Um, Fourth topic, and then I think we might have to prove that Keenan's a real person. Yeah. Uh, my fourth topic is kind of a bummer, man. Uh, so a couple of weeks ago, there was a news report that American credit card debt has surpassed a trillion dollars. Not a billion. A trillion, which is uh, $1,000 billion. And that's, that's revolting. Um, and then this week, somebody brought up another great point. The amount of Americans who are taking out personal debt to consolidate their credit has also gone stratospheric. So something that was brought up recently is most Americans that are taking out personal loans to consolidate that debt, roughly 30 to 40 percent, it's hard to get your hands on this, are back to the point that they were in personal debt within four to five months on that credit card debt. And the level of interest on that debt is substantially higher than it was two or three years ago because of interest rates. So we are far beyond 
any debt crisis this country has ever seen before, and it's just getting higher and higher and higher. We are in a contagion-like atmosphere, and we always tell the we always talk about the future here, man. This is not getting better. And if it continues on this path, young people are going to be in a situation where homeownership, honestly, it's it's just a dream. Yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, two comments on that one. Uh, second one first is uh, we both have kids in that in that age group. You know, my son just graduated from college. My daughter's a senior. And the talk of, hey, what's the next stage in life so you can have uh, some uh, financial security is homeownership doesn't exist, not even in their vocabulary because of this. And, and uh, I mean, unless you want to move to a small town in the middle of Iowa, which if you live in a small town in the middle of Iowa, it's nothing against that. I'm just saying maybe a little bit against that, but I'm just saying that uh, home prices are just unattainable, right? So the other piece of that, Pete, is that um, the, the haves and the have-nots is going to continue to grow with this debt crisis because if you have... There's no need to take out uh, loans to consolidate your debt. And if you're taking out loans, like you said, it's just going to continue to spiral. So it's interesting to see at how far is Jay Powell going to push and push. Because I just heard the other day they were going to potentially go up again. Right. At some at some point, it, I mean, it's it's going to be catastrophic. But the ones that are insulated that won't be uh, impacted as much is the, uh, you know, the upper 20, upper 10 percent. And it's just going to make that uh, that uh, um, that space dichotomy. I can't think of the right word. Uh, continue to uh, to grow. At what point do well-educated American young people move to other countries to start a life? <laughs> yeah. At what point do you think I'm I'm going to move to Latvia or Romania or South America because it's more likely I'll be able to raise a child and be able to own a home there? And you you think I'm crazy for saying that, but it's not unlikely. Yeah. So um, it, it is terrifying to think about the record levels of debt that people are entering into and what that's going to mean for trade. If you're unable to continue the consumption economy of this country, it will eventually get to a point where we cannot continue to feed the beast. And continuing to feed the beast is what keeps the rest of the global economy roaring. Yeah. So that's a crappy way to end our very happy Casa Bonita special. So I think we ought to ask Keenan and his really ridiculous gnome shoes to come over here. Um, luckily, his beard is just gorgeous, right? So beautiful Yeah. So Keenan is a real person. He is not Doug. Uh, we can't get his shoes in the shot. I really. I don't know about that. I really. That's a leg lift. I think they might have been like handcrafted by by Pixie somewhere in Iceland. Yeah. Uh, but they are magical. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. Keenan's not in the shot. Can you get in the shot? All right. So, can we get Keenan in the shot? Yeah. All right. There we go. All right. So, say something to the nice people, Keenan. Right. Thanks for watching this week of Global Trade This Week. You can catch us again next week on YouTube, Apple, uh, Spotify, anywhere you find your podcast of choice. Yep. And again, we want to thank the nice people at. Uh, <laughs> West Facts, West Facts uh, Brewery. Uh, but uh, again, we, we don't want to thank the DJ. Yeah. Well, I'll say that if you're interested in the soundtrack of this, this today's show, just come back and ask them the, the show and the sounds that they played in the afternoon of August 28th. Because I give the soundtrack, what would you give our first soundtrack, Pete? I'd give it a 7 out of 10. 
Um, yeah, about a two out of 10. And I will never listen to Mr. Brightside ever again with the same joy. We want to thank the great people at Cap Logistics. We want to thank the boys in the booth. We want to thank Keenan and uh, certainly Tim. Um, and thank you, Doug, and thank everyone at Cap Logistics. We'll see everyone again for another edition of Global Trade this week. And that's a wrap.